0: The Seahawks were able to come away with their first win of the season, beating the Vikings 24-13, albeit a preseason game. But a win is good to have nonetheless. And though we don't put a ton of stock in the wins or losses when it comes to preseason, because there's been plenty of teams out there that have gone undefeated that haven't done jack diddly squat when it comes to the regular season. And then there's, of course, the other teams on the other end of the scale who have not won a single preseason game and then go out there and dominate over the course of the regular season. So what you're really looking for beyond getting the wins or losses is how are the players looking? How's the team as a whole looking? How's the depth looking? How's the young guys looking? How's the returning young guys from the past year looking? Are they taking steps forward in their play? And in that respect, we got some real good affirmative answers all the way down the line from this team tonight. It first started out a little bit rough. The offense was a little bit out of sorts, Defensively speaking, though they were really good at stopping the run initially early on, the Viking offense was able to move the ball in the back of the passing game. And that vaunted former Seahawks killer, Nick Mullins, who had gotten to the Seahawks a couple of times when he was with the Niners and beating us, kind of that uh, exemplary type of quarterback, that Colt McCoy type that can just sort of dink and dunk you that will play within themselves, is never really going to try to push or go outside of themselves, they'll just take what you're going to give them. And Seattle's got a defense that will sometimes give you the short stuff if you want to go and take it. And then you look at him today, he had seven yards in attempt, but it was really mostly dink and dunk outside of a couple of really nice throws from Mullins. The defense though, played a really good game all the way throughout. They were strong against the run from the start to the finish. There were no holes to be had. Everybody was gap correct in their assignments, which was really good to see. There were a variety of different players that kind of splashed down the line, including, I think the guy to got to begin with here, who's Boye Mafé. Mafé was all over the place in the small amount of snaps that he played. He showed you all of that impactful nature that he brings to the run game that we got from last year, and he brought some of the pass rush to bear as well. Didn't play a lot of snaps, but really good in what you saw from him. Also, Derek Hall flashed, especially in on the stunts. When Hall was coming in on that inside stunt, he was coming fast. And he had a couple of different pressures in there that were really, really notable and stood out and uh, very impressive. Mike Morris, also very active inside. He showed a couple times up in this game. Tariq Smith out of Ohio State off the edge. I thought he flashed a few times in this game. The Hawks only came away with two sacks in total in this game, but they did have eight quarterback hits. And I felt like the pass rush was, was really strong throughout, even all the way to the end of the game. So though they did give up some yards in the air on the, as far as defensive goes, the run stuffing was there, start to finish. And this is the big thing that I think we worry about when we look at this team going, that was the problem last year. That was where it was failing last year. Have you hemmed that up this year? Have you fixed that this season? And I don't think that this is necessarily an indication that they fixed it, but it's certainly a step in the right direction. The defense was very impressive all the way through the night. They first gave up the 10 points in the first half and then really locked it down to three points through the rest of the game into the second half. But what stood out to me was that the tackling looked a little bit more improved. Still a couple of missed tacklings, but it looked a little bit more improved overall. And then it just looked like this team was faster and hitting with a little bit more violence than we've come to see from them in recent years. And maybe just preseason, it is only one game. I'm not trying to overstate it but it was notable the amount of kind of kill shots out there that you were seeing at times that there's been times where there's not been as much of that physicality. I don't think out there in recent years. So I thought the defense stood at the forefront here as the most impressive part of this game. The young guys showing up, as I mentioned, Derek Hall and Mike Morris, but also you had John Radigan who led the team in tackles, a guy that hasn't had a lot of play on the football field. He looked pretty good. He struggled in coverage, but he was really good in the run game and in his run game fits. Another guy that was notable was Jarek Reed, the Lobo, the man from New Mexico, the Seahawks sixth round pick that we didn't have a lot of tape on to really go through and look at, but he was all over the field showing his tackling, showing up in coverage, um, hitting with a little bit of that violence I was talking about. He looked really impressive for that being his first game as a pro. Kobe Bryant as well, I thought was really impressive for what he brought early on. Seattle's moved Kobe now a little bit more into that safety role as they try to find him a pathway to getting on the football field because it's gotten stocked up over there and log jammed over there at the outside corner. You got Devin Witherspoon and Julian Love in the slot, so it's going to be hard for him to get snaps there. Seattle's now moved him out to safety to hopefully try to get a little bit more from him there. And he looked kind of comfortable in the role. He he definitely looks able to tackle, which is the big worry you'd have about moving a corner to safety is can the guy tackle, can he bring it? Kobe Bryant looked like he could still bring it in that realm when you moved him to that position. And he had probably the hardest hit of this particular game where he really came in there and laid a, laid a blow. It was good to see just all over this defense, there were some big hits out there. Good to see them playing that way, playing hard like that for Coach Carroll. And uh, I think a good indicator for this upcoming season. On the offensive side of the ball. Drew Locke was the first guy that you're really going to lock in on here outside of the young guys. And what you wanted to see from Drew Locke coming into this game was a clean game as much as anything else. You want him to produce, you want him to throw for some yards and, and put up some touchdowns if he can. But you also want to see him actually be clean in his gameplay. Last year in the first game, he played a great first game in that first preseason game. And then at the end, he didn't see his uh, a blitz coming on the backside has a fumble at the end of the game, game over, Seahawks lose that game. And then he comes back in the third preseason game, of course, and it's kind of a turnover fest against the Cowboys last year, and he loses the job on the back of that performance mainly. There were other things at play to allow Gino to then be the starter. So you're going to this year now, and you're saying, okay, I want to see from you, Drew, in this particular game, you to play clean, you to be on it, you not to have those turnover-worthy throws or turnover-worthy plays. Unfortunately, we get a little bit of a mixed bag here with Drew. At the end of the day, it's mostly all good. He was 17-24, 191 yards, two touchdowns, so played relatively within himself, 104 rating, 8 yards per attempt. I think you feel pretty good about that and what you're getting from him as far as that production goes but the mixed bag element of it is there is a fumble on a play where he's not being as aware of the guy coming around his backside and he's trying to scramble out of the pocket and extend the play. And he's got to kind of feel that pass rush on his back. And there there's another throw where he's coming back after making his first read to the second read. And he just sort of decides that he's going to throw it as he's turning back towards that second read crossing and the ball is tipped. So it is a little bit hard here to say if this was really a, poor thrown ball, or if the tipped ball then got tipped to the guy who was able to make the interception or not. Nonetheless, it was intercepted. And there was other, one other third play here where a guy in Jackson Smith and Jigba who had a really great start, I think here, he didn't light it up. He wasn't in for a long part of the game, but for the part, a little bit of the part of the game, he was in there. You felt his impact. He had three catches on four targets. Wasn't really used a lot. Only got uh, like um, 25 yards on those catches. But the most impressive part of Jackson Smith's play in this game was actually not the catches he made, which were cool. It was the catch he almost made. And this was a particular throw to me where Drew Locke doesn't have a lot of business of making this throw. And yet you see Jackson Smith go up and high point a ball that I didn't think he'd have the catch radius to reach and then go back and almost make an Odell Beckham three-fingered-like catch on the ball Just so impressive, but beyond almost making the catch, which he was not able to do, it looked like it was going to be an overthrown pass there where the safety on the back end was going to be able to rally up and then make the catch on the overthrow thrown ball and have it be an interception. So Jackson Smith on top of almost making a spectacular catch, which would have, you think the hype already was big on this guy. If he pulled that one in, you wouldn't even have been able to hear yourself think nationally from the people that would be hyping this guy up. But he also saved his quarterback of an interception on that play because that ball was well overthrown and not the best bit of decision-making from Drew Locke. But it, you do not I don't want to color this in that way of saying it was a bad performance by Drew Locke. It wasn't. It was an overall good performance. The thing you're just trying to lock into a little bit with him is You've had this bit of a reputation follow you since Denver as far as not necessarily being able to play your cleanest football, having too many turnover-worthy throws, and that we want to try to get this exercise from you. We want you to try to mature and grow out of that because you have all of these other attributes you bring to play that are exactly what we want from the quarterback position. The size, the mobility, the arm strength, the ability to throw with touch. And you saw those things on the good side of that from Drew Locke today. You saw that on the decision-making to hit Bobo when he did on the throw over the top on the sideline on a nine route where he just sort of caught the cornerback kind of sleeping. The cornerback sort of slow rolled their cover three responsibility. Bobo ran the route really hard and Locke put in just a perfect little throw. Then you've got the throw that he makes to Aesop Winston Jr., who would have known that guy was going to get three catches in this game for 29 yards, but the touchdown throw there, the ballsiness of it, there's not any real separation between Aesop and the defender. Drew just looks at that play and sees the defender's heads turned away from him. He's not aware of what Drew's doing. So Drew knows if I throw this in, with a 98-mile-an-hour fastball-like nature to it. I'm going to buzz it right past the ear hole of that defender, and esop has got to have a chance to catch this football. And It may not be a big window. It's a real tiny little window, but Drew Locke indeed grooved that window, put that ball in in the perfect, absolute perfect spot there for Aesop to make the catch, and the kid was able to hold on. Props to Aesop there because the ball's put right on the money, but that thing literally has smoke coming off the football as it's coming in and arriving, and he was still able to hold on. There was a third throw in this game on a little wheel route where Drew Locke threw the wheel route just a hair, a hairpin early on the play where most quarterbacks would have waited an extra beat or they would have tried to really float the ball in over the top, which would have then made the running back hold up and slow down, which would then would allow the defender that was closing in pursuit to then catch up to the ball carrier, and it's a minimal gain. Drew dropped out there and confidently kind of just whistled that ball in right over the top into the running back, just getting the ball into his hands really quick, but throwing with some velocity, which then allowed that running back to get up the field there and after the catch and then uh, make a lot of yards after it. Uh, really notable in this game, that guy who made the catch on that play, Brian Kobach, played really well. The Hawks were down McIntosh, down Kenneth Walker, and you know that they weren't trying to run a lot of Zach Charbonnet in this game. Kobeck came in here and really played really well. He had six carries for 32 yards, 5.3 yards per carry on that side of it. He was also the second leading receiver for your Seahawks. Three catches, 43 yards on that side of it. The kid ran really hard. He was multifaceted. I was joking on my stream. He was looking like a little Austin Eckler out there. To my eyes, I did mention Zach Charbonnet, who did get a little bit of a run in this game, not a lot. They were definitely being careful with him because of where the running back room obviously is at. He only had four carries for 14 yards, but there wasn't a lot of holes to be found for Charbonnet in this game. And for what was given and what was out there, he was good with it. He, he got what was there to get, he showed off that ability to fall forward where you have him tackled, you got him held up, and he can still always give you a couple extra yards going forward, which is going to come in very handy in those short yarded situations. He also added a couple of catches out of the backfield, which is another part of his game that we thought we were going to be able to really utilize when he was coming out of UCLA. Um, Seahawks tried a little bit of the, the screen game a bit tonight, to uh, uh, differing results, but it was good to see them trying to work on that. There's a lot of different guys that got pass catches in this game, as you would expect when you get down to the third string um, run of it. The two guys we do have to mention here as pass catchers in this game, beyond uh, already um, Jackson Smith and, and Aesop Winston, are going to be Jake Bobo who looked big, who looked, he's kind of a thick six foot four build out there. He had three catches in this game, a 29 yarder on kind of a crossing route. And then that little nine route there where they caught that cornerback kind of sleeping a little bit, unaware a little bit. Uh, and he was able to get the touchdown catch on that. Very impressive. Bobo is another guy to really continue to track and and watch his progress through this preseason period. This was a guy that was one of the more highly talented, undrafted rookie free agents the Seahawks were able to bring in. This is not a guy that wasn't picked because he doesn't have have the production coming out of college. He absolutely had the production coming out of college. It was the testing numbers. This being this thing that can drop these prospects in a way and can can put like a scarlet letter A on them when you have these bad testing numbers as he did. But as we saw last today on the football field, this is not a guy that's tremendously slow. He can be football fast. He does have a little bit of quickness to it. And he's just a really good receiver, but he really led the way three catches, 55 yards. And why I say it's notable is that this goes in conjunction with what he's been doing in mini camp, what he's been doing in training camp, hell even the scrimmage game Bobo led the team in catches there too. In addition to it, on top of having a touchdown catch right at the end of that scrimmage from a drew Locke. So some guy, a guy to monitor here. And it's very important to monitor Bobo because of course we have the inevitable Dwayne Eskridge injury, which occurred on the very first play of this game, very first play, of the very first game of the first preseason game of the year, Dwayne Eskridge got injured. Don't know how in, how badly injured he is. It sucks for him. Some people just have that bad luck where you can't get around it, but this was why this makes Bobo's ascent a little bit more notable where if he can take take this control where he can jump forward in this battle between all these receivers and become now that de facto fourth, fifth guy. You feel a little bit better about your receiving room, especially knowing he can do a lot of the slot stuff because that's the concern as it stands right now. You have Eskridge on the six-week suspension. Then he maybe has an injury now beyond that. Who knows with that? You have Derek Young who's fighting off a sports hernia situation, and he might need four to six weeks as far as if he has to go for surgery for that. You might need to call upon a backup slot to Jackson, Smith, and Jigba because it starts to get a little bit thin there at the depth chart. The really important notable thing though here with Bobo, when we're watching him do what he's done here in this preseason period, is a lot of those routes were being run from the outside. The big thing I thought with him was that he'd be a guy restricted to being just really a slot guy at the next level, but he showed in this game, maybe the guy's got a little bit of juice, a little bit of an ability to actually play on the outside. The other receiver is another one that I know you guys are closely monitoring, who had another really good game out here today was Matt Landers. I mean, he didn't do a lot. He had three targets, but the one target that he did catch, he made the most of, and it was a very impressive play on his part. You have Holton Alders, the backup quarterback, the third-string quarterback for the Seahawks in the game at this point in time. They're driving down on the Seahawks. There is a pressure coming in Ullers' face he decides falling off of his back foot to throw this ball on a on a back shoulder throw to Matt Landers. I don't know if it's really even supposed to be a back shoulder throw by how it's drawn up on that play. I think it's more that Landers is supposed to just run the go route to the back of the end zone. Landers, though, showing off a skill that you saw from him in college at Arkansas, which is good ball tracking skills. An ability to pick up and see where the ball's coming in. And then, you know, for, for instance, on tape with him in Arkansas, he do a good job on deep balls of picking up where the ball was going to be, kind of having a gauge of where it was going to be and knowing then how he could run his gate to where he could keep the defender on his hip, not run too fast to get out ahead where the defender would be able to get up and catch up to the ball, but to time it just right where he's under it to hit it in stride and to usually go and then house it as he did so often in college. But he picked up the ball coming out of the hand and coming off a little wobbly. He was able to come to an immediate stop. The cornerback flew right past him. He made the catch. And then not only that, he sealed the deal by then breaking a tackle to get in there and make the touchdown. An absolutely phenomenal play by both the receiver and the quarterback. The quarterback Back there to have the the sheer audacity the brass balls to make that throw think about this from an undrafted rookie free agent standpoint you're the third string quarterback by like allers you kind of have that third string role locked down right now as it currently stands there's nobody in competition with you for that spot you will go to the practice squad and be the third quarterback on this team Unless you really mess something up, unless you look really, really bad. And Allers didn't look bad tonight. He was four 4'4", 43 yards. He looked every bit like a guy that you feel pretty fine with becoming maybe that third quarterback on this roster. But in that moment to make that throw, where you have a pass rush rushing up into your face, and rather than just throwing it away, rather than just going, look, my spot's is certain here on this roster. I'm not going to be an active guy, but I will be the third string guy. I don't have to go out here and make plays necessarily. I got to just do just enough and not mess up. That kind of throw where you're on your back foot, and if that gets picked six to go in the other way, those are the type of throws that can have the team starting to look for other third-string quarterbacks. But he completed the throw to Landers. Ballsy throw by the kid. You love the the boxy and grit by him to stand in the pocket tall like that and do that. Especially that was being his first professional game. This is this was a kid who on his first snap of the game literally fumbles his first snap because you know that the nerves are just cooking him and he's just super just upright, hands shaking and all that. But he got himself under control. I thought he uh, as well played a really good game. Um, I think this <clears throat> is as good as you could ask for from a first game of a first season. You saw physicality. You won by all three parts of this team, the offense, the defense, and the special teams unit. There was a punt return that was muffed on this in this game where uh, that we were able to recover, and that was where really the turning point of this game came. You had Jason Myers making his field goals. You had Dixon dropping those punts down inside the 20 uh, over and over again as he is oft to do. And that is where you see with this team, the plan and the design and how it comes to equal out to wins at the end of the day. Because when you have strong parts all the way down through the team, you're going to win a lot of football games. You're not going to have a lot of weak links that the opposition can go out there and attack. So it was fun to see a complete team victory because this is the blueprint for how you want to you know win football games as we go into the season. It was also nice on just one more final note to see this team controlling this game at the line of scrimmage. Last year, when you would lose football games, you would often lose football games because you couldn't stop the run. But beyond that, it was on both sides of the ball. You were often losing the battle at the line of scrimmage. You're having a team across from you who is more physical, who looks stronger, who look bigger, who look badder. And you seem to kind of have to get by with almost a little bit more finesse at times. A little bit back more now to those Carroll machinations and being more of a, a team that feels like it's got a little bit of a chip on its shoulder that plays with a little bit more of a physical note that has that speed where they're also flying around on the back end and they're on top of everything and looking just a little bit of a step faster maybe than they've looked in prior, te- prior seasons, especially defensively going, where I think in recent years we have looked a little bit slower. Um, first, that model that used to be what Carroll used to gravitate towards, which was, of course, the bigger, faster model they certainly do look to be fitting that part now with this particular game but it was a fine game start to finish a highly entertaining game start to finish great to see the Seahawks come down with their depth and at the end of the day, their depth is better than the Vikings depth. We'll see how the front lines guys do. You didn't have all of your starters starting on the other side either. The Vikings didn't on their end. It always gets tough and this is why you don't hold a lot of measure to the win or loss record of things. But a win is a win and this is the note that you want to start this type of year off. You want to be a team to start to take the extra steps. You want to be a team to set that note and say, this is who we're going to be this year. This is the way we're going to win football games, offense, defense, and we're not forgetting the special teams. You're a key Ingredient to this part as well. They all showed up. They all worked together. It wasn't a perfect performance, but it was a damn good one. My name is Brandon Kane. This is the Oxnest. Please hit the like button. Please subscribe. But beyond all that, don't you ever forget: Go Hawks!